Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of His Word so that you can live for Him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends. What is up? Welcome back to Truth Talks with Tara. It's your girl, Tara. I obviously I am so excited to be here with you today, just full of the joy of the Lord today. And I pray that over you, no matter what your circumstances look like, remember that it is available to you. Y'all, today's episode is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time, and it is everything that I prayed for and more. I have my amazing friend, Jennifer Dukes-Lee, on the show today. She is an author. She is a farm girl. She is a wife a mama, an encourager, and really like a second mom slash mentor to me over the last few months. So today she is on to talk about one of the biggest heart cries of her life, one of the biggest passions and stories of her life, and that is this idea of growing slow. She wrote a book and released it in 2021, spring of 2021, called Growing Slow, Lessons About Unhurrying Your Heart from an Accidental Farm Girl. It is an amazing encouragement for those who Maybe if you're anything like me, if you're walking through seasons where sometimes you feel like you're not growing fast enough, that you actually have to hustle and hurry and run yourselves ragged to keep up with the world, to keep up with everything, but actually how God's message is really countercultural, and he talks about growing slow, about growing deep roots. And so if you need this encouragement, a breath of fresh air just to grow slow and learn about what God's word says about this and how free you are in him, this episode is going to be for you. So 
keep listening, tune in. If you found this encouraging, please, please, please take a screenshot, share it to your story. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on it and what God really spoke to you through this episode. So without further ado, I love you. I hope you love this episode. Here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. As we talked about just moments ago, we have the honor of sitting down with the lovely Jennifer Dukes Lee. I have gotten to know her over the last couple of months and got to read her books and just to follow her online. She has become a sweet, like I like to call it, online mentor and friend and kind of second mom, which is what I told my husband just seconds ago. He's like, who are you interviewing? I'm like, she feels like my second mom. So it's been really sweet to connect with you, Jennifer, and I'm honored to have you on the show. So before we start, for those who may not know you, would you take a moment to introduce yourself and just share what you do and what you love and all the good things? Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to be here and introducing myself. I have to say I am a fan of Tara. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this podcast <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh. Like I'll go out and be doing chore things here on the farm and listening to that and your, the depth of your knowledge and your voice and everything Aww. is just so soothing and encouraging. I love what you're doing. Thank you. I love what you're doing. Oh, it's such you. an honor to be here. So my name is Jennifer and I am a farm wife. I live on a farm in Northwest Iowa, and we are growing about 700 acres of crops. We have about a thousand pigs, wow. and then we're also raising two beautiful humans, although one is already raised and has flown the coop. She's Aww. at Iowa State, I know, and I've got a high schooler yet, so just hanging on to the last bits of parenting with children at home, uh, but I also have a lot of book babies. Um, I have written four books and two Bible studies, and I'm also an acquisitions editor for a publishing house uh, based in Minnesota, so I work remotely, and in that role, I um, help and walk with other authors as they pursue their book publishing dreams. So my work life is all about the words. <laughs> <laughs> and you are very good at them, not only just in interviews or just talking to you, but in your books. And so I think it's so cool. When I first met you, I'm like, that just seems like the sweetest job. And if you follow Jennifer on social media, she just loves what she does, like getting to connect with these authors and get to help them move their words along and just, um, just kind of add a little something extra to them to help their story um, just be even greater. Uh, it sounds amazing. And you've been it's in a dream job. How it. long have you been in publishing? Has it been a while? Um, as an acquisitions editor, it will be, I'm at three and a half years mm -hmm. now. So I'm pretty new to that. But in terms of my own writing and yeah. words, that's been since I was 16 years old. Oh my goodness. I, that's when I got my first news job. And then I, um, I was like for a little small town daily newspaper. And then I went to Iowa state and I graduated with a degree in journalism and I worked at uh, Metro sized newspapers covering all kinds of things from crime to politics, natural wow. disasters, you name it. And then we moved back to the farm and I'm like, well, there goes my career. Now, what am I going to do? Because <laughs> Tara, at the time when we moved back here, like if there were blogs, yeah, I hadn't yeah. really heard about them okay. and there wasn't like the advent of social media hadn't happened yet. And I'm like this whole thing that I thought God was leading me on this journey of words. Now, what do I do? Yeah. 
And then blogs opened up and that created this whole new world of getting to tell the story that God placed on my heart. My favorite news story of all is the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so I just started writing and then in 2014 wrote my first book. So from the beginning of my, you know, near adulthood until now, I'm almost 50 years old. It's been all about words. It's amazing. And I love how it's, it's just really shown the faithfulness of the Lord because you've done it. You've done it small. You've done it in all these stages and now you're published, which I would say is one of the greatest honors, um, by an author of an author or someone who wants to write, um, how many books is it now? It's like four or five. Yes. It's four books and Bible studies. And I'm under, under contract to write another book. And I reached out to my acquisitions editor. I'm like, I don't know. I like, I don't want to just, I mean, you know, this, you're a writer. You don't want to just write something for the sake of putting yeah. something out into the universe. Like right, you want right. to know that, um, what you're writing is something that God really calls you to, yeah. to do that. It's really going to edify the body. And so I'm waiting for God to download something good because I'm not sure yet, but I've yeah. got, I'm supposed to write another book. Thankfully my publisher is like, it's okay. Yeah. Wait till God, you know, gives you something. So, right. And, well, and they, and they obviously like, I mean, there is that tension of, you know, you you're under contract, but they obviously want the book to be the best that it can. And yes. that cannot come from a place of you. Like, I have no idea. Let me just pull something out of, you know, thin air. <laughs> right. uh, so that's so exciting though. But in today's conversation, we're talking about your newest book, which is currently on my nightstand. I finished it like a week or two ago. It's been a blessing to me and I know a lot of people, so I'm excited about the topic, but, um, before we get into it, um, if you've listened to the show, anyone, if Jennifer, if you tuned in, you know, that I love to ask my amazing guests what they're loving. Um, it's kind of like, a favorite things YouTube video. I was talking to a friend the other day. I'm like, that's kind of like one of my favorite YouTube videos to watch is like what people are loving. Cause I'm like, Oh, then like, I got to try it, which maybe is not good for my wallet or maybe my <laughs> husband's not very happy with me, but it's fun to hear. So if you have a favorite thing you're loving, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> okay. I was like, which thing do I choose? This is so fun. I feel like we could make a whole podcast. Oh, episode totally. This, right. We could have such fun. Oh yeah. So the thing that I decided to share with you today is that I am loving Okay. We went to, oh, yeah. yeah, we went to Maui and, you know, poke is, is a, is a really wonderful dish that the Hawaiian people make beautifully. And I swear, you know, I was like, let's just go to the little market, get our poke bowls and go out on the beach. Like I didn't care about all the fancy restaurants. I just yeah. wanted the best poke all day, every day. Yum. And so we came home and I'm like, I've got to try this. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm Googling how to make poke. And I, I, for any Hawaiian people listening, I don't pretend to know how to do this well, <laughs> but I'm trying. So my daughter, Anna and I went to a, um, a market that sells a lot of, um, Pacific Islander food and Asian food. And so they had really great tips and great food to, to get some really high grade sushi quality ahi tuna and then mm. all the, the good stuff that goes with it. So I've been having a lot of fun with ahi tuna poke bowls right here on this Iowa farm. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, you got to bring that over to where you are. Like, That's right. it is so fun. There's one place here where I live in Oregon 
downtown in our small little town that has like a little poke shop, basically. I mean, it has other stuff, but I haven't tried it yet. Also because I can't have it while I'm pregnant right now, which is a little bit of a bummer, but, um, I usually am kind of one of those people where it's like, I can do a little bit of the raw fish. And then sometimes I can't just kind of depends. Um, but I'm a sucker for like really anything Asian food. It's just in my blood too, but Well, I could send you a, a big fat steak from Iowa. You could have that. That sounds incredible. I <laughs> well, like we don't have a lot of poke here. <laughs> that's okay. I will honestly, like my dad and I, like it's a thing growing up. Like when I was little, there was this moment where my grandma asked me when I was two or three, they're like, Tara, do you want more? Just, I think we're having dessert. She's like, do you want more dessert? And I said, no more meat when I was like two. And Love so it. I am such a meat eater. Like give me all the steaks. I'm sorry to anyone who's vegetarian or vegan. Um, I don't, it's not a personal conviction of mine. It's so good. It's so, so good, but oh my gosh, that is so fun. Anyone who hasn't tried it before, you need to go check it out. At least just, to, at least just check it out, you know? Oh, so fun, Jennifer. Thanks for sharing. So today's topic, Jennifer released a book just, well, I said this, I said this year earlier. I'm like, no, we're in 2022. Now she released her newest book in May of 2021. Correct. That's right. Yeah. And it's entitled growing slow, um, lessons on unhurrying your heart from an accidental farm girl, which we relate a lot in that farm girl way. If you didn't know too, she's way more of a farm girl, but it's really fun to be able to connect on that. But this book has really touched my heart. And I even think the title, um, I put something on my Instagram story this morning, kind of giving a little hint. I'm like, has anyone ever struggled with, um, feeling like you're growing too slow compared to the world and that you have to hustle and like, like by the time I checked my poll before I got on this call, it was hundred percent already. And so this is something that we all struggle with. So as we begin, tell us a little bit more of your heart behind the book and how God really led you to write this, because it's really a heartbeat of your life. It is, you know, I think that authors often have like this list of dream ideas and books that, that they want to write. And then sometimes God will suddenly present you with an idea that's like, no, this is a book that's asking to be written yeah. by you. And I'm like, wait, but the kind of book that I feel like I could be more inclined to write, honestly, is a book called Growing Fast, <laughs> right? Because my default is let's get things done. Like I want to be the most responsible person in the room. If you want things done, just ask me. The answer is always yes. Yep. I um, have a pretty stacked calendar. I, I juggle a lot of things. Um, and that actually seemed to work really well for me in my teens and twenties and even into my thirties. Um, even though now in hindsight, I can see that there was a cost, Sure, there was yeah. a cost to all that, but I didn't pay attention to the cost until it started to affect my physical self mm. where I could no longer deny that it was having an impact on my sleep. It was having an impact on, uh, the way my mind was racing in the day that the first thoughts I had when my feet hit the floor weren't thoughts of peace and hope and love and joy, Mm. but thoughts of how am I going to get all this done or I'm falling behind. I mean, I think that even it's not just so much about what's on the calendar. It's about what's in the heart. I know that's true because my calendar was wiped clean in March, 2020 when COVID hit and I, like many other people still had a hurried heart, Mm -hmm. that feeling of, I should be further along by now. 
um, just that sort of anxiety. Well, I ended up in a doctor's office. This was actually pre-COVID who told me, you know, you're stressed out. You have something called hurry sickness. And I'm like, I'm not stressed wow. out. I know stressed out people. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. But the thing is, when I was about your age, I was such a high capacity person and, and the scaffolding that held my desire, this body could keep it going and keep it sure. moving forward. But when that started to break down, it was like, whoa, mm. but you know, so some people might be listening, thinking, okay, good. I can keep running at this pace because I'm only in my twenties. I can keep running at <laughs> yeah, this yeah. pace because I'm in my thirties. I'll, I'll get to that when I'm in my forties, like Jennifer. But what I am learning is that I paid a price for that. And the price I paid for my fast paced life was relationships and relationships with, with people, but also my relationship with God, Mm. because you cannot hurry and connect at the same time. I can't hurry and connect with God at the same time. I can't hurry and connect with my kids at the same time. If I'm saying to them, come on, come on, we got to get out the door. I can't hurry and connect with my husband at the same time. If I'm, you know, looking at my phone while he's trying to have a meaningful conversation with me or what have Mm. you with friendships, any relationship, I feel I I have regret. Okay. I have regret. And so like this book is really, I mean, it was what I've learned, but hopefully a call to others to look at their lives and say, where is hurry hurting me? And so it's really, I hope, um, a sort of a lifeline for people who are like, I want to slow down. I know I'm supposed to slow down, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's possible because if I slow down, I'm going to lose my edge. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Right. Oh, that is so convicting. You know, this comes at an amazing time because about two nights ago, was it two nights ago? Oh gosh, this week has flown, but two nights ago, I was sitting down at dinner and I usually don't like to admit these feelings. I have them quite often, but I either suppress them or I don't admit them, but I just blurted out to my husband while we were eating our dinner. I said, I, my mind is so full. It's so loud. I said, I am so overstimulated. And I'm like, I just, everything kind of came crashing down of every, all the responsibilities I had. And usually it doesn't happen, but I think it was the Lord letting it really come through in that moment. 
And I just remembered your, your, your thing in your book about, you know, hurry sickness and about that idea and how I'm like, well, I had this mindset that I'm like, well, Jesus was busy. Some of my favorite authors and writers and mentors and people in my life, they're busy, but somehow they don't, they don't really succumb to this hurry sickness. They don't succumb to this idea that we have to hustle and bustle. And I'm like, what is the difference, right? Like, why am I being plagued by this? And so just realizing that we all have busy lives. Like you said, that's just what happens. We're all busy in different ways, but just realizing how to not be distracted and not to be pulled apart by that. Because I was actually reading in John Mark Comer's book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He also talks about it too, how, you know, when you hurry, you can't experience the true love, joy, peace, and hope, like you said, of Christ, because that's a part that's, that's the exact opposite. And so I really appreciate what you said, because it's, I think it's what we're all feeling right now. Yeah. And it feels like after COVID we're like, we were in an enforced period of slowness. Like I've had Mm -hmm. enough slowness. I've had enough putting (laughs) together puzzles. I've had enough, you know, all of these, you know, empty calendars and no trips and all this, I got to hustle because I got to make up for lost Mm, time. And, you know, I know a lot of my, some of my single friends were like, Jennifer, I've lost a whole year or more of dating and I got to hurry up and hustle or, you know, book authors who were like my book launch tanked because I, Mm. I, you know, didn't, now I got to hustle to, to make up for lost time. And I think then we treat time as an enemy and it's something to be race. You know, we're racing against time. We're trying to save time. We're Mm -hmm. trying to hurry. Like time is this thing to be squeezed and pushed into boxes. Wow. But what if we began to see time as our friend, Mm -hmm. this thing that we embrace, because that's what God does. And that's what Jesus does. And Tara, you are 110% right. That Jesus was very, very busy. Yeah. But isn't it fascinating that we never see him running in the Bible? He's That's always good. walking. That's so He's good. He's always walking. He sits at a, at a well with a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, he sees Zacchaeus in a tree and he says, come on down, come to your house. Yeah. I mean, you know, after he has risen from the dead, what does he do? He goes to a beach and makes breakfast for his friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are, those are the actions of a slow loving God. Mm-hmm. Those are the actions of somebody who is not in a hurry. Wow. That is so, so, so good. I really, really appreciate hearing that because it honestly just for me just kind of brings like the sense of peace, even right now, just hearing that. Um, and the difference about Jesus, which we could go on and talk about forever, but the difference about Jesus was that he, he was busy, but his heart and his, and his mindset and his motivation wasn't hurried. It was out of this piece, a place of rest and out of this place of really knowing, um, what he was called to do, you know, which I think plays a big role in that. But, um, I loved hearing how the book came to be about and how this idea came to be about, because I think some of the best books, like you said, you could have written a book and it might've been easier to write a book on growing fast and how to get things done. And I think, you know, a lot of people would have picked that book up and said, oh yeah, great. I, I want to go faster. I want to move faster, but this book is really countercultural. But like, I say that in the best ways, I think that is what the world is hungry for. Whether we want to admit it or not, we want to come face to face with the hard realities. And this is a hard reality, but it's like a really good one. You know, um, Lisa Whittle, she has a book called the hard good. So just all these really hard things that are really good things. If we just kind of get to it. So 
honestly, it comes to no surprise to all of us that we're just this society that you said praises hurriedness. We praise busyness. If your calendar is not full, then you're doing something wrong. If you're, right. if you're not, you know, reaching that figure level, like she is, if you're not looking like her, if your family's not up to snuff like them, then there's something wrong and you need to catch up. And how do you catch up? You catch up by hustling. You catch up by, you know, spending your time, maybe not in the best ways. So really, um, whether, you know, from me, I love to be busy. I love that, but it, it, it'll catch up to us. And like you said, it'll even, even me being like 22, almost 23, even though I'm pregnant, I'm like, I'm feeling it. Like I feel it. It hits me hard, even physically, emotionally, spiritually. So there's a lot of effects there, but so in the book, obviously titled growing slow, you talk a lot about slow and it's a word that makes a lot of us cringe. I don't like it. If I'm going to be super honest, it's not everyone's favorite word, but let's talk a little bit about what the Bible says about growing slow and why it's actually better because we need to actually confront this issue because it's very opposite in our minds right now. That's right. Uh, you know, if you go and look in a thesaurus and uh, look at words that are like slow, they're words that are very negative. Yeah. Um, maybe like stupid or lazy or idle things that suggest that there is something wrong. And in a, in a culture that idolizes productivity, right. uh, those seem like very negative words, but um, you know, when we really look at the Bible and look at it from Genesis to Revelation, we see that the Bible from beginning to end is a growing slow story. Um, even that we, we haven't even actually reached the end of the story. That right. stuff is still going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the, from the beginning of time, how, you know, like look at the Israelites, their, their journey through the wilderness was a growing slow journey. They could yeah. have gotten there a lot more quickly. But because it took them a while to get through the wilderness, because they went slowly, those were the points where they had these encounters with God, where he showed his kindness, his care, his protection, and his faithfulness to them in ways that they couldn't have received otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then I think about, um, again, when we move toward the, the New Testament, we just talked a little bit about some stories um, that Jesus, the way that Jesus was, uh, never in a hurry, yeah. um, that he, he moved slowly in, in a way that where you pay, can pay attention to mm -hmm. what's happening around you to really see the people in need around you. And then, you know, I think about those verses in second Peter three, where it says the Lord is not slow yes. in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient mm -hmm. with us. And the reason that slowness is like patience is if you read those verses, it's so that we come to repentance. Yeah. It's so that we come to know him and understand his faithfulness. Think if from the beginning of time, as soon as or from our own beginnings of time here on earth, if the whole time we were growing up, God was clapping his hands, come on, come on, hurry up, grow up. He's not like that with us. Mm. He's not trying to get us to hurry and get our spiritual acts together. He is not slow as some understand slowness. He is patient with us right. so that we can grow into the fullness of who he has us becoming. And I find that particular verse so incredibly freeing because that means that no matter where I am on this journey, that he is still growing me. Right. He is growing me in a different way than he is growing you, Tara, but he is still growing me. I have not arrived. Mm -hmm. I am a slow grown woman. And until I take my last breath on this earth, 
he will still be growing me. And I find a certain kind of grace in that, that is very, very comforting. Well, isn't it beautiful too, to know, I think it's important to note that we're all growing Yes, but we're all growing towards this for the same purpose. Yes. God doesn't have like, he's like, I'm not growing Jennifer to be at this level of heaven. And I'm not growing Tara to be at this level of heaven. Right. We have our individual paths and journeys. My life and career looks very different from your life and career, but he's all, he's taking us all on that same journey. And so it's really hopeful to know that he he has done this and he will continue to do this and that it's all for that purpose of sanctification for us to be more like him to meet him in the air when he comes again like I think that is so promising it is so hopeful it is not easy but I know you also being a farm girl and I love the metaphors I mean Jesus you mentioned was one of the probably biggest fans of farmers, biggest fans of agriculture, because if y'all read the gospels, if you read anything really in the Bible, Jesus talks a lot about, you know, about farms and about crops and about growing. And sure, that may have been a little bit more prevalent as far as, you know, their, um, what do you call it? Their occupations, because, you know, now we have all these different occupations now in the 21st century, but it's, it's just a beautiful metaphor. And so you talk a lot about different seasons of life and how just think about the fundamentals of growing something is that, you know, if I were to talk to you, you know, friend listening, like you can't expect yourself to grow. If you, if you recognize that a little plant, a little tiny seed take seasons to grow. So why do you expect, you know, your growth to be overnight when that's how God laid out creation. We're a part of that creation. Um, and so I love how you talked a little, a little bit about the seasons and how each are so, so valuable. Yeah. That really became the, the inspiration for the artistic creative side of my book. Yeah. Um, and then looking at the Bible through the lens of the land and planting and harvesting and all those sorts of things. And you are so right. And that's so beautiful. I'm glad that what you said about, uh, um, seasons, because yeah. when we plant a seed in the ground in the spring, Scott will plant literally millions of seeds in straight rows. And then we'll go out there a few days later and we'll get down on our knees and we'll look and like, do you see anything green over there? And he's like, not yet. We'll go out a couple more days. And it's, it takes a long time, but that whole time when you can't see anything growing up, there are these roots going down. Down. There's this downward growth and our culture is so emphasizing growth that is upward. But if you grow upward and you don't have a good root system, you're going to be doomed (laughs) when the storms come because your plants going to fall over. And so then when, when growth season comes in the summer, growth day by day is nearly imperceptible. You can't see it. You have to wait some time. And the same is true for all of us. We have to wait. And um, it's not even until um, fall, many, many months later that we see an ear of corn on the corn plant. Yeah. So you don't get the, the, the ear of corn on the same day that you plant the seed. And the Mm. same is true with people. You don't get the fruit on the same day you plant the seed. You got to keep watering and tending and waiting and being patient as the Lord waters and grows. 
Right. You know, like Paul says in, you know, his letters is that, you know, we can do the planting, but God is the one who ultimately the emphasis here is God is the only, is the one who ultimately does the growth. And, right. you know, and as long as we remain again, another agricultural metaphor is as long as we remain connected to the true vine, John 15, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And so I think that's so important, but, um, I have a few questions as far as just, I know the book is full of practical insight, but for those listening who um, want an intro to the book, because I know they're going to want to read it after this if they haven't, but um, just a few practical things that you found that God has really encouraged you in is that there's this idea of, we know that we need to rest, but we can't because we're busy and we don't think that we can rest because we have too much to do. Um, but actually rest is something that God calls it to be a part of our lives, an integral part of our lives. And not just something that we get through the week to get to, but that we honestly kind of just like, I don't know, mold our lives around and model our lives around. So how have you found that you've productively been able to rest in the Lord um, and how that has helped you kind of avoid this, this notion of that you need to hustle and bustle and grow faster? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. So I think first of all, it takes a distinct mindset shift because for a lot of us, rest is the thing that is the reward for work well done. Mm, yeah. We get rest after the work. But I think it's so remarkable how, when you think about creation and God created people, um, and then they rested, that was when God rested, but you know what? That was the people's first day was rest. Yeah. Like he created them on the sixth day and then he didn't put them right to work. Mm. They started resting first. And I think that's a really interesting model for us. And that can be applied in a variety of different ways. Something that people could do. Um, practically, even starting tomorrow morning is setting an alarm. I know 10 minutes, 10, 10 minutes earlier sounds like a lot, but just, <laughs> I mean, start at three minutes earlier, whatever yeah. it is and um, do what I call the act of welcoming the day or setting the tone for the day. And that can look a lot of different ways. Um, it could be, um, you know, praying, it could be reading the Bible. It could be, you know, staring out the window with a cup of coffee. It could be, um, just acknowledging that you have hard things to come, but that you're inviting God mm. into, into all of those hard places and all of those good places and really just handing the day over to the Lord. And I think setting the tone for the day in that way impacts what's to come. Yeah. And it invites God in from the moment we wake up right. because right. what ordinarily happens to people is that when our feet hit the floor, the adrenaline levels are jacked up. The cortisol levels are. And so we're immediately in fight flight mode and it causes headaches and stress and anxiety and the overloaded mind that you were talking about. So that's definitely one thing you could do is set the tone for the day. Another really practical thing that you can start doing right away is sit down while you are eating. Um, like, I mean, I think a lot of us, uh, if you're moms or just busy women in general, um, we like have our meal at our desk or we stand up and eat something that's maybe kind of marginally healthy while right. scrolling Instagram, mm -hmm. um, like treat yourself to the gift of, uh, of food and sit down and enjoy it and, and, uh, take note of flavor and texture. God could have decided to, uh, nourish our bodies by saying, okay, you're going to take this pill every morning <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's it. But no, I mean, he gave us the taste of a strawberry, the texture of like a crunchy cracker, the way that bread smells straight out of the oven. I mean, those are real gifts 
And I think that we would do well to engage with those simple gifts and pleasures that God has given us. And when we do that, it has a real bodily impact on us. Like our blood pressure goes down. We don't eat as quickly. We enjoy things. We, we reward our bodies for just like carrying us through the day. So I think those are two things that everybody can really try that aren't that hard to do. That's good. That's good. It's not like this insurmountable thing. They're really practical and they might be like, oh, that's not really what I was expecting, but it's really tangible steps to just not set the tone of your day out of hurry. Because usually I'm going to be honest, I... I wake up, I snooze my alarm, which is my phone nowadays, right? I mean, that's just how it is. Um, but then I get on my phone and you start looking at your texts or your calendar, your emails, and then you get all hurried and you get rushed. You're like, okay, I got to get a quick workout in. I got to eat and then I got to get going. And so um, just taking that like five minutes, like you said, or just doing that, I think are really simple things of just like relaxing. And also Ruth Cho Simons, it's just something came to my mind. She has this quote where it's like, she lives in the, in a beautiful um, state too. Like we both do. She lives in Colorado. And she says, you got to get out and look at places that remind you that you're not in control. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, so good. Like that God is sovereign. He is over creation. And so I think that is a beautiful thing to remember. And Tara, you know, I just got to thinking um, that probably some people listening right now are in a hard season, a season that feels slow already and dreary and unseen and they feel forgotten. And I just want to speak, especially to those people right now, because here on the farm, we have four distinct seasons on an Iowa farm. There's spring planting, summer growth, autumn harvest, and then there's winter and one fourth of the year for a field happens in winter when it looks like nothing is happening, when it looks unproductive, dreary, even a little bit depressing, if I'm honest. Yeah. And those can be hard seasons to live through on a farm, but they are also incredibly hard seasons to live through as a person. And I think naturally all of us want to constantly be in a rotation of plant, grow, harvest, plant, grow, harvest Mm. in those joyful, abundant, sun-filled, warm times. Like keep me always in summer. That sounds great. (laughs) Take me back to Maui beaches. Yes. the (laughs) The truth is we all go through winter seasons. If we haven't been in one, chances are we will be. And I think that we need to see that God has a season for everything, a time for everything and a purpose for all things that are happening under heaven. And that's what it says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1, that there is a season for everything, even winter and winter isn't always a punishment. We think, you know, maybe I am doing it wrong. Maybe I'm the only one here, but there are actual gifts in winter. Mm -hmm. And one of those gifts is the gift of healing. Uh, something happens on the farm here, um, where Scott says that winter heals the land. I know my farmer now sounds like a poet. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Scott, that's so cool. But the reason he says that is because there's a lot of things that are happening to the land that help the land heal so that once we begin to plant in the spring, that that seed bed is prepared mm. and ready. That's and the good. same is true of us. Let's not rush through the winter seasons where God is tending to the soil of our heart in quieter, deeply meaningful ways that maybe we can't even see. Allow him to grow slow in our healing, in our grief, in the hard places, because the spring will come again. It will come again. 
Yeah. Ah, That is such a beautiful reminder. Thank you for sharing that. It's so, so good to remember because there's a lot of us walking through those seasons, whether, you know, winter seasons could be anything from just grieving or really heavy loss, or even just feeling a little anxious and depressed or just feeling baby blues from feeling just like, Oh, maybe not as excited about the new year as you thought that you would. There's a lot of different ways that we can approach that, but I think that's important. I I love how you mentioned not rushing through it. Another element of growing slow is not rushing. And something that I have been working on, there is this element um, of the project where I talk a lot about patience and I talk a lot about endurance. So that's been something that I have been wrestling with the Lord with and something that he has taught me through my life. I I need to learn it sooner. (laughs) Something that I wish I could learn sooner, but the Lord is gracious to teach me. But that is that patience has so much fruit. Patience has so much benefit that God wants us to do, or God wants to do through it and through Mm -hmm. us. And if we rush ahead of God, if we rush through those winter seasons or through those things that are hard, we miss a lot of the really awesome tending and growing and rooting he does in our lives. Like Paul talks about in Romans that you know, endurance, which is another way of just waiting endurance in Christ produces character, produces hope, produces all these things. And so if we rush ahead and if we rush through and don't want to sit and maybe the hard parts, then we're going to miss a lot that God has to teach us. And so when we weigh that, like, would I rather miss what God has for me? Or would I rather, you know, when we weigh the pros and cons, it's always going to be better because we know that God's sitting with us, you know, in, in those, in those winter seasons. So I'm so appreciative of that. And I think that was really special that you would speak to those people. I know that we're, I think we, we could all say we're going through a winter season of some yes. sort, you know? So, uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Um, love getting to chat with you. This was so special. We need to do more because again, I feel like we could just keep talking and talking, but, um, as we close, I would love for you to share first of all, where people can connect with you. Um, it's pretty special to be able to connect with people online, uh, when, even when we're States away, countries away. So share that. And then also share where they can find growing slow and any of your other books, because I know if they love this episode, they're going to love the book. Well, thank you. So I'm Jennifer Dukes Lee everywhere online. That's the name of my website. That's my handle on Facebook as well as on Instagram. I love engaging one-on-one with people. So do DM me, uh, leave comments. I love chatting with people and to find the book, just go to growingslowbook.com or your favorite retailer, target.com, Amazon, walmart.com, anywhere you like to get your books. Perfect. And she has a bunch of other books. So if you just search Jennifer Dukes Lee, you can find all of her books too, but I will have that link in the description. So you guys can go check it out. Um, she also has studies with some of these, like she mentioned. So that would be awesome to start, especially in this new year and going through a new year of seasons, which I think would be fun. Um, but yeah. uh, thank you again, Jennifer. I've loved every minute of this You're a blessing to me. Um, I, I just, I mean, I get to share you with my podcast people now, but it's been awesome to tell my real life people about how much you've blessed me and encouraged me even just over the last couple of months. So thank you. I'm honored you'd be on the show. So fun. It was an honor. Thank you.